When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Play USA. Powered by B-Solar. Creating custom solar panels to ensure you never face outrageous electricity bills ever again. Learn more at b.solar. Welcome to the Play USA podcast. My name is Lachlan Puyol and will be your host for this podcast series for the first serve. I played college tennis at Belhaven University, an NAIA, now Division III school in Jackson, Mississippi. This podcast brings you Australian college tennis athletes from universities across the United States, highlighting their athletic, academic and collegiate journey. Episode two features Tanika McGiffin, who is from Brisbane and is in her senior year at the University of Tennessee. Tanika leads the volunteers in number one singles play and is preparing for the SEC Conference and NCAA National Championship in May. Tanika will graduate with a Masters of Sports Management this year and then plans to play on the WTA Tour. Tanika delves into the process of becoming a collegiate athlete and takes us through her journey as a student athlete at the University of Tennessee. My first question is, why did you choose to play college tennis and why the University of Tennessee? Yeah, I think college tennis is a a great pathway to build your your tennis career and still have that professional um, goal and vision as 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 well as getting a degree. I think that that's something unique that you can't really find in Australia or in, in any other country. And um, I guess the opportunities that you get to study and, you know, travel, play lots of tennis, you know, have unlimited resources. I think it was just a, for me, it was, you know, it was a clear decision to, to come over to Tennessee. And um, I chose Tennessee because there was some, there's a strong Australian history uh, here at the university and um, the coach, the current coach, Alison, she actually came over to Australia and watched me play and it all sort of just fell into place from there. And so that's how I ended up here. JP Smith was also a student there. And of course, your assistant coach, uh, Jared Chaplin, played there from um, graduating in 2014. So um, how does his role um, as an Australian help with um, your tennis development since you've been a student there? Yeah, for sure. I think it it definitely you know, makes it a lot easier when there's another person from your home country here and, you know, in this sort of foreign foreign land as you get to, you know, find your ways. And um, so I think he's played played a really good role in sort of, he's been in, he's played college, he knows what it's like. He's also played professionally as well. So I can really sort of draw from his experiences and his knowledge that he's learned over the years. There's also a couple of other Aussies here, which makes it nice as, uh, a freshman that just came live and then there's two on the men's team so you know there's it's still sort of a bit of a, a home away from home I guess 
here in America. Yeah, it certainly helps when you've got players from your home country on on the team, uh, for sure. I know I went with my twin brother, which um, which was great. So we were doing a lot of things together. At what age did you decide to come to the US? I decided to to go to the US pretty late. It was um, I committed December before starting in that following August. So it was sort of I guess it was a late decision in terms of what Americans would do uh, would call before they commit. They generally in their uh, you know tenth grade I guess that their sophomore or junior year here in high school but um yeah I decided pretty late and but it all sort of just fell into place and uh, I think that's the, the good thing about college is that you know if you if you come over you come over here and you it's a totally different new u- university system so it's it's very new and and um but there's just it's a land of opportunity really oh totally it, it definitely is um I think you know, the way that you can sort of start from square one, I, regardless of what your high school uh, academics sort of look like, um, starting off as a freshman, you all do the same sort of core classes, basic subjects, and then you just progressively build up from there. It's crazy because you can, you can come in as a, as a freshman, as a first year, and just be undeclared in what major you want to do and then decide a year and, or a year and a half into your college career, which is just, I guess, unheard of in Australia. But it does allow you some time to figure out what you like, what you don't like, and see the options that the university has. A lot of the different colleges specialise in, in different areas. So it gives you a bit more time to, to figure out, you know, what that looks like on the academic side. And, you know, as well as balancing your training and your social life too. And so I think that it actually really favours the students how the American system works where you can, you know, you can come in and take core classes and then sort of decide later on in your career. Oh, definitely on board with that. Um, If you did, let's just say, for example, if you did like a Bachelor of Accounting or a Bachelor of Marketing, Bachelor of Business at at an Australian university and then a year and a half into it, you decided that you didn't want to do it anymore, then you would of course, you can transfer credits, but basically you would have to restart a whole new course again, which would take off a year and a half or however many years it would be off your um, university studies. Yeah, absolutely. You're sort of back at square one after already studying for, you know, two or three years. So that's that's the beauty of it over here is that you can um, explore your options and still tick off those core credits that they call it here. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a great setup that they have. Now, were there any certain subjects that you had to complete while you're doing QCE, your high school certificate, to play Division One tennis? Is that something I know you were looking at coming into college late as a student, but was there anything in terms of subject selection that you had to take into account? Yes, there was. I was fortunate enough that I was actually just taking the right subjects, but I know a lot of other People have had some troubles. Look, I don't know if they still call them the same subjects, but I had to take Math B. I had to do a science, like a biology or a chemistry or physics, a history. And it's one of those things that if you're, you know, if you're a youngster coming up in high school, it's it's good to keep your options open and make sure that you're not closing that door on that that college pathway and and ensuring that you're taking you know, one history, I think the credits uh, can start counting towards your 
college as early as in, I believe, year nine. Yeah, it's good to make sure you, you're ch- checking off a social science or a history and, and making sure you're in the right math. That way you, you still have that option and that pathway. I know that there are ways that you can get around it if you have graduated, whether that's a, you know, a bridging course or you do a couple of extra credits here in the summer before you begin or even starting at a junior college and then, you know, working your way into a division one, if that's what you want to do or a division two, there's, there's definitely a lot of options depending on, you know, the academic route that you want to take as well. I went to a community college and then was able to transfer. And I think for those viewers at home, there are based on what athletic division you play, if it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO or community colleges, as we call it, has different academic requirements in terms of your high school prerequisite subjects. So that's always one good thing to always consider. You know, Division One, of course, has some of the highest um, academic requirements and community colleges has some of the lowest. What a lot of people do is that they get into a community college, it's much cheaper than they transfer to a Division One school. So that's something that can always you know, be taken into account for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you options to see what America's like as well before you you know, commit or decide to that next sort of chapter of your life. So Tennessee, University of Tennessee is in the Southeastern Conference or the, the SEC, arguably one of the strongest conferences in the NCAA. And you play a combination of in-conference matches and out-of-conference matches. How does the difference play out between an in-conference match and an out-of-conference match in terms of standard, in terms of traveling, the importance of different matches based on in-conference and out-of-conference? It's tough, and but it's it's awesome to be a part of that because uh, week in and week out you're playing the top schools in the country, so wouldn't want to be in other, any other conference. But in terms of uh, comparing in in conference in season to to out of season, it, it's a little bit up to your coaches too and how they like to schedule it because uh, there's a lot of rules. The college athletics and tennis, and whether you want to make the NCA tournament. Ideally, you'd like to play the top schools in the other conferences like the ACC. And um, so you can travel a little further in your non-conference matches. So for us this year, we went up north to Ohio and um, we played up there. We also went over and played Duke as well just to, you know, play those the top schools in the other conferences. That way it gives, it gives your team uh, a good opportunity and to play those those high standards and also see where you're at before you start your conference play because once you get into conference from there on it's just I guess they call it postseason then and that's all just NCA playoffs so it's kind of you can see it as a bit of a the preseason your non-conference is your lead up to your your season matches and that's where you play your SEC schools and then it's and then it's the big dance where uh we're all aiming to, to get into the NCA final. So assuming you make it through the SEC conference tournament and you, and you get, then you progress to the NCAA national tournament, which is in May, I know I understand that that goes over several weekends. Have you, has your team made that tournament since you've been a student there? And how does that work being over three weekends in terms of progressing through? It's changed a little bit over the years since I've been here. What you do is it, it's the NCA tournament, but it, it is played over, you know, a couple of weeks. So your first weekend you'll have your super regionals and then you'll have your regionals 
and then you'll go to the one site where it's the um, the Sweet Sixteen, and then Elite Eight, and then all the way through to to the finals. But um, ideally, you want to be ranked in that the top sixteen at the end of end of your conference play, and then you can you can host those first couple of weekends of the NCAA tournament. And so that's where other teams will come and travel to. So they'll come and travel to you know the University of Tennessee and. And we'll battle it out to then, you know, compete in the next weekend. So we're we're trending upwards our our team. We've we've got a very talented bunch. You know, the program is heading in the right direction and it's very exciting. And we were actually ranked to be a host for last NCAs, but um we ended up having to to travel to Virginia and lost to them in that the last round before uh heading to the Orlando. So yeah, that was that was a tough one, but we a little bit of a fire in the belly, and so we're we're hoping to host this year for the NCAA, you know, regionals, and then off to Champaign, Illinois, for the the finals. And I'm sure having a home advantage would definitely help um, getting other students on board to to watch and cheer and support. Do you play your matches indoor or do you play outdoor on campus? It's is really dependent on where you are in America because for us we have you know we have four seasons, so we will have a a set indoor season and then and then we'll head to outdoors and typically from January until I guess April or March will be your your indoor season and then after that will be your outdoor so but then if you if you're down in Florida or um, even on the west coast you know you might not even have indoor courts because it's warm enough to play outdoor all year round so and then on the flip side if you're up north you you spend a lot of time indoors so it's it's very interesting because you have your your indoor nationals and then you have your I guess your outdoor nationals. So it's a bit of a different ball game, and you do see those schools in the in the cooler areas generally do it a little bit better in the indoor. But we're very fortunate at the University of Tennessee to have both indoor and outdoor. So yeah, we're lucky for that. And uh, coming back to your question about home court advantage, absolutely, and and it's it's around you know exam time when a lot of the students are still on campus so yeah hosting is is very huge in uh, having your home court you know crowd come out and support you and america being such a big country as it is you could go to miami university of south florida is down there i'm not sure if you play them at all out of conference but in january and february it's it's like 24 degrees celsius which is like 75 fahrenheit but then you can go you know up north as you were saying before, Ohio, you know, it's still snowing over spring break, March, April, it's still snow. So you've got varying conditions based on where you travel to. It's crazy because sometimes you will even do a, like a preseason in, you know, I guess in January in, in a warmer area. And some schools have done that in the past. So, yeah, it all, it all just depends where you are. And off, I think it was in the fall we were still, you know, training indoors and then we went somewhere where it was warmer and we played outdoors and you see all the all the schools from Florida that have been outdoors you know since since last fall so yeah it is um it is just dependent where you are geographically in America because it's you know it, it can be cold somewhere and 
you know, steaming hot somewhere else. And I understand you've had a new uh, recruit, Olivia Simmons from, I think she's from Geelong, who has come on board and you've been playing some doubles with her. Yeah, she she came in last August. So she's been here, you know, almost, almost a year now. She came in and she's a great chick. She works hard. She puts her head down. So it's been really good to have her on the team. Yeah, I started off playing playing some doubles with her and, you know, it's been really fun, especially to share the court with another Aussie. So I'm excited to to watch her grow and develop and you know blossom in this university because her her ceiling is very very high so it's it's exciting for her and I understand that you come from a a sporting background your dad being the coach of the the Queensland um, state women's cricket team and you also represented the under 18s um, state team yourself did that play any sort of difficulty in deciding to pick one sport over another yeah, absolutely. It's um that was also another another reason why I came to college because I grew up playing a lot of different sports and then um yeah, tennis and cricket were my main two and and I love that and I wouldn't change it. But because of that, I guess I hadn't the amount of tennis under my belt that a lot of other people had my age so it was a tough decision, but I chose I guess that was why coming to college was I guess a bit of a later decision. Yeah, it, it was great to come to America and play college and just get a lot of matches under my belt. That's what I needed. And obviously having a cricket background, you still get your, your hand-eye coordination in and having dad as a coach and my brothers as, you know, they played cricket as well. So growing up in a competitive family always, always helps. I think that it was something that, you know, built character for me and um, just very fortunate to have been able to play both sports. Now, I know Ash Barty, who's obviously a few years older than you are, played cricket for Queensland. Is there any sort of relationship with her being from Queensland, just like yourself, in the cricket world? Yeah, she actually, she came and played for our club team in Brizzy over at West. She played for the Heat when Dad was coaching the team too. So, yeah, there's it's it's pretty cool to to watch her journey. Obviously, she's a very very talented athlete, so it was really cool to see her, you know, flourish on the tennis court and then come over to cricket and just embrace it and and just be a natural competitor. And I think that you know, really credit to her and hats off to her just for adapting and embracing whatever sport and game she was in. And I think she has a lot of uh, great qualities and attributes that you know, young women can look up to. And I think that it's important to, I think it's important to play a variety of, of sports, especially growing up and I guess not commit to one sport at a very young age, which is is tough, you know, in this society, I, I think. It's funny we talk about Ash, she just retired. Anything that she really goes into in her, you know, the next chapter of her life, she's, you know, inevitably she's going to excel at, whether it, if she wants to play golf or if she, if she wants to play women's football, Australian rules football. She's just an incredible athlete and incredible person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who knows? She could be putting on the green and gold for, for another sport. I mean, it's, it's exciting to see, so... <laughs> you're a what we call a super senior I guess fifth year senior doing your masters do you have any sort of plans of playing um, on the WTA tour in terms of ITFs or do you want to do further study or do you have anything sort of mapped out or is sort of just taking it as it is yeah I would um, I'd love to play after 
after graduating. Um, I still have one more year of my master's program after this. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to play and travel a bit. And really, I've, I've put a lot of, lot of time into my tennis. So I'd like to continue that avenue for as long as I can. And then the beauty of college is that I'll have, you know, I'll have a bachelor's and then a, a master's degree too. And so I'll have that to fall back on as, as another option. So yeah, I think it's point in time. I'm looking just uh, taking one day at a time and enjoying my, my last year as you know, as a lady vol, enjoying playing every match. And I think it's, it'll be sad to leave, but I'm, I'm excited uh, for, the, for the next chapter post-college. And I think people underestimate the quality and the quantity of matches that you would play in, in the spring season. Like they are so close together. The quality is high versus if you were going to play futures, you're in one city, you're in another city, you might not get as many matches. So I think the way that college has prepared players. And it's evident, especially in on the ATP tour. And when you look at Steve Johnson, Kevin Anderson, these guys went on the tour at 22 and 23. They were more mature. They had all that match experience going into it. Absolutely. I think that just because, you know, from Australia, you, there's nothing like this. And so it's, it's really hard to grasp and understand, you know, what college tennis is about. But the depth over here is just phenomenal it's I mean you can travel to any school and there'll be quality players and especially if you're you know in a, in a power five conference you're going to be playing the best of the best in the country and so as for you know the quantity of matches too you're playing come deep into the spring season you're playing you know two singles and and two doubles within two and three days of each other and then you're back on the road traveling and, and then practicing again and, and it's on repeat you know, your, your weeks look pretty similar in the spring. It's uh, trained during the week and then you play Friday, Sunday or Friday through through Sunday. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of matches. I think it is underestimated, yeah, undervalued, I guess, how the quality of tennis over here and the depth in America, it's, yeah, it's it just provides great matches day by day. And the quality is getting higher and higher, I think, each year, which is so promising for you know, the U.S. collegiate circuit going forward. Tanika, thank you so much for coming on the episode two of the Play USA podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting to you and all the best for your future endeavors on and off the court. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, Read weekly features by our team of writers and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.